Samana Paul, uh, Vice President of Engineering at Summer and a recent uh, Forbes Technology Council member. Uh, good to have you with us today and congratulations for that uh, recent uh, accolade. So how are you doing? Thanks, Lawrence. Uh, thanks for having me in this session. I'm doing good. Thank you. Great, great to see you. Actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to kick off and ask you. So, so what does that mean now that you're like a uh, Forbes Technology Council member? So Forbes Technology Council is a basically a vetted organization for, you know, CTOs, CIOs and senior executives in technology, where it's a community of, you know, sharing ideas and thought leadership on you know technology trends, leadership. And it, it's only uh, it's a vetted process, so it's not everybody can be a member of this organization. So it was fantastic for me to be getting selected and being a part of this, you know, huge prestigious organization, and sharing my my leadership experiences, sharing my ideas and thought leadership on technology as well as leadership in general. So it's fantastic to be part of that group. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it doesn't really get much bigger than uh, Forbes. So congratulations for that. And uh, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff there. But again, a lot of exciting stuff as well uh, for summer. And of course, we we were recently very fortunate uh, to have one of your colleagues uh, speak at Rayon Live, um, which, yeah, was absolutely brilliant. Um, I mean, again, in, in terms of sum up, a company with huge ambitions, um, what is the overarching like mission vision values for, for what it is that you really what you guys are really building at the moment yeah so sum up is a you know global financial technology company and our main mission is to you know leveling the playing field for small businesses so we believe that we want to create a world where everyone can build a thriving business and we do that with offering number of product solutions and our product solutions are very much suited to nano, micro and small businesses. So that that is where we are focusing. And and I mean, in, in terms of um, your your leadership team, um, you know, you guys have obviously done substantially better than most of the uh, companies in this space. Um, what is it that they are getting so right? So uh, uh, if we go back when it was founded, and it was founded 11 years back in 2012, uh, and I think our founders really believe that we can actually make a, make the world a better place for the digital payments infrastructure. And there is a need for better products and better service. So uh, if you look at our product solutions, uh, probably you would have seen that white card reader, which is very popular in UK as well. But that's just one of our flagship product, but we offer a range of product solutions. So we have the business account, we have the card, we have the uh, uh, e-commerce solutions, we have invoicing, and we have got the point of sale registers as well. So we have this range of product solutions that we offer to the merchants, small merchants and nano merchants. And you don't need to have any other system to run your business. You can basically run the whole business using this products that we offer. I think that's the biggest trend that we have got in sum up. The other thing that I will say, um, you know, our leaders, and it's a fantastic thing because they lead by example. Uh, it, they they do, you know, walk the talk and it's not just, you know, they're saying something and not following in their day-to-day -day life. There are a lot of positive things in sum up and, and it's the strength that we have in the culture. So we have three beliefs, you know, and three values in our company, which is founders mentality team first and we care and everybody believe in this and this is a very much 
top, you know, it's not like a top-down approach where we are told by our leaders what to do, but people are autonomous and they're empowered to make the right decisions. And I think that's when, you know, we are getting the best outcome from people. And I think SumUp is very successful because of that. And I mean, and in terms of yourself, like, I mean, what's your story like before uh, SumUp? What, what were you doing? Yeah, so I'll go back uh, a little bit back when I started. So I started 20 years back as an engineer, as an engine software engineer, and I have played different roles. I've been an architect, I've been a lead engineer, I've been a head of development, director of engineering. And for the last 10 years or so, I moved to a leadership role where I played for, worked for big companies where I played a key role, you know, uh, in increasing the revenue and building the team and really building innovative product solutions, data analytics solution, risk and compliance solutions. And uh, my focus has always been on people development. That's something that I really enjoy. And I think that's the biggest thing. Your people are your biggest asset. And I truly believe that. And um, because I've come from a technology background and you know I, I like to work with people, I think that has been my biggest strength. So currently my role is the VP of engineering, as you mentioned in sum up. I'm also the tribe lead for the risk and compliance business. So I'm overall responsible for the risk and compliance business in sum up. And uh, our mission is to uh, really solve the problems of fraud and financial crime, adhering to financial regulations and you know compliance. And we are doing that with everything is done with machine learning and artificial intelligence. So I have a fantastic team of data scientists and machine learning engineers and engineers uh, who are building these great products. Yeah, and I've got to say, I've been fortunate enough to speak with quite a few of your colleagues now. Um, it feels like a very like united team. Um, like, and again, like with the founders, I mean, is is that embedded then in the company culture? Like, because again, there seems to be a lot of very very smart people working on very very complicated solutions, very very big problems. Um, and it feels like you guys are all just pulling in the same direction, which is difficult at any stage of any business. Yeah, I'll tell you why. You know, um, I have I've been I've worked in many companies and been in the industry, as I said, for more than twenty years. I know there are a lot of companies who talk about autonomy and empowerment, but I think in sum up, we really live and you know breathe this value on an everyday basis by everyone. Uh, so our businesses are run like you know, we have tribes. We are very much a tribalization. We have got 20 tribes in sum up and every tribe is run as a mini business. So they can take their own decisions, what they want to focus, what products they want to focus, what should be their go to market strategy, what should be their product and engineering strategy, how they want to manage their finance, how they want to do people development. So everything is very, very autonomous. And I think that's the strength that we have got. That's why I think it is helping us to move in the right direction. And quickly. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so do you mind if I, so, so what, what did you, um, so you mentioned, um, you, you know, uh, your background in detail, but I mean, in terms of like studying, I mean, when did you first get into computers? When did you first start studying computer science? So I I studied production engineering in my university degree, and I was working as a design engineer. And after that, I moved to software engineering in 2000. And I've been in, as I said, I've been a software engineer for, for quite some time before moving to a leadership role. And I mean, and in terms of uh, technology, I mean, is it something that's always been your personal passion or...? Absolutely. You know, I was always very passionate, you know, um, about technology and, you know, about uh, about innovation, I will say, you know, I used to, as a, as a kid, I used to love machines and I will 
open up, you know, whatever I could find in my home. So there will be radios, music systems, washing machines, whatever I will find, I'll, I'll open them up and I'll fix, try to fix them. Sometimes I manage to fix them. Sometimes I will have a my mom mom will very, very, very angry with me. But I, I had a passion for machines and innovations. And uh, then when I was working as a design engineer, uh, and uh, as I said, you know, after passing out from my uh, engineering degree, uh, I was starting to work with Oracle on a project for an, uh, for a Oracle uh, implementation project. And that's when I was really interested in the database side of it and the you know design part of it and the innovation part of software engineering. And that's how I got into software engineering. Of course, I studied computer science in my engineering degree as well. So we had... Uh, not just machines, but we are also uh, we also focused on computer science and um, yeah, uh, the problem solving part of it. And again, one one thing that you know you and I have spoken about like in a fair amount of detail is how to promote women in tech, how to help create a stronger or build stronger bridges. Um, now you and I obviously, I think we have quite differing views um, on on this subject, but. It, you know, it would be great to get your your opinion on you know what what you feel is lacking in the industry, but also where you see like real progress is being made. I think you know what we need uh, to get more women is to um, is to create the opportunity and you know an equal playing field for women. And I think there are some companies who are doing it really well, and they are you know really focused on creating the gender balance and creating the equal opportunities for women. Um, you know, just being a woman, I can share you the context. And I'm also a mother of two boys, so I had I had a lot of difficulty. I had to make a lot of compromise, you know, to just to do well in my career and just to be doing my day to day job. So it's not easy for women to have a fulfilling career as well as being a mother, you know, looking after the family. So for so for companies, I think it's really important to create those opportunities, you know, flexible working arrangements, so that you know women can actually thrive in their career. So some companies are doing that well, and uh, fortunately, I have been very lucky because I have always worked for companies, you know, that that took care of me. I'll tell you, uh, my first job in in UK, I was working for a consulting company, and my son, my eldest son, was one year old, and I just after joining the company for one one week, I said, I'm going to leave because you know I can't manage my one year old son and and the job, and uh, I was told that's fine. You can work, you know, you can work from home a few days a week. That's not a problem. That was quite a unusual thing at that time, but you know I was so given. It's a co company called Client Research and Consulting. Oh, sorry, what, what, sorry, uh, what, sorry, when? Sorry, uh, it it was in two thousand four. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, was. So, yeah, that was. That was, was quite. And and then I worked for different companies after that, but. Thankfully, I have always got had the privilege that, you know, I could work from home a few days a week because, you know, then my second son was born. And it was quite difficult for me to balance everything that's going on at home. Uh, of course, I had a nanny, but still, you know, as a mother, I had the responsibility to look after my, my boys. So I think it's really important to create this opportunity. So I will talk a little bit about what we're doing in sum up. I think sum up our gender balance is pretty good. If you look at our employees, 45% of our employees are women, which is, I think, is a fantastic number. Uh, if you look at the top executives, uh, we have currently 25% women in our executive uh, roles. We are trying, we are aiming to change this number to go up to 30%. And we're acting... why though? Like, what? Sorry to jump in, but what, what? Why is it important for Sum Up to increase that number? I think you know, uh, we 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 really, if you need need to do well in the business, you need people from all backgrounds, right? Because your customers are not just men. 
your customers are women as well. So if you have to solve the problems of women, you need to bring women, you need to bring those diverse employees from different backgrounds to understand what's the problem and then solve for it. So I'm sure we don't, and you don't want to be in a world, Lawrence, where it is just men who are in the working working domain and, you know, women are at home. So uh, we are solving. I, I that, but, no, but it's like, it's interesting because I just, and maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I just say like with Rayon, we just hire or put in the best person for any position. Like we don't really, not even we don't really, we, we don't at all think about like, gender we don't think about like diversity it's just whoever's the best person for the job gets the job like you know like, do, do you know what I mean and mate I kind of and you've been to like our events you've seen like how like diverse like the rayon community is firsthand but it's just um, so, so I, I will ask the question what's your view why do you think we need diversity you know why why is diversity important I don't know I don't know if it is Genuinely, I don't know if it is like I. I, I think that I, I. I believe personally in in um equal opportunity, not equal outcome. And in terms of equal opportunity, I believe that starts at education at source. And I think that if we really want to have like diversity and a fairer world, it's about creating um, equal opportunity in the education system. But then I also think that one of the challenges that we face is that parents aren't as involved in their children's education as they should be. And there's been like this devolution of powers towards the state where, you know, parents are like, oh, just let the schools get on with it. You know, they know what they're doing. Um, and and I, I think that's the challenge. But, you know, again, like, you know, seeing like the round community, like it's every, every background, is, I, I, it couldn't be more uh, diverse, you know. Um, but I, I just think that from a business standpoint, and maybe I'm wrong, I just think it's about it's about putting the best people in the best position. Sorry, the right people in the right positions, and always hiring the best person for the job. Yeah, I agree. I agree on that. You know, it's the always hire the best people, and that's what we are doing in Sum Up. We're not hiring someone just because someone is a woman or someone is from you know LGBTQ plus community or from a you know uh, not from a privileged community. We are not doing that. But as a company, you know, you if you want to create a fairer world where you have solving problems for all your customers globally from different backgrounds, you need to bring the people closer, you know, to to the ground to see who can solve the problems. So what we're doing is we're really creating those kind of pipelines. So in our interview process, we created a process where we have a 50-50 pipeline of, you know, men and women in the candidates. And then uh, we are going through a process where we have, you know, uh, more women interviewers as well so that the women are not intimidated. And in the final process, it's about, you know, whoever is the best candidate. We are not going to be hiring someone just because the person is woman or from the LGBTQ plus community. But I think as an organization, uh, you know, we have a responsibility to create an equitable world, uh, not just because it's a good thing, but because it's a good thing for business as well. Sure. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, and that said, I will say, but I guess as you expand globally, which some are obviously doing, it's very important. The diversity enables you to understand the different cultures that you're entering, like the different markets, right? Which again, you know, someone who's lived in the UK, they're not going to understand what it's like to grow up in the US or Asia or wherever else. So that, that I, I mean, and then, I mean, in practice then, so like what, what have um, some up seen as the outcome? I mean, you mentioned again that, you know, you're, you've got, was it 45% of the... Women, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Okay, and and I mean, and in terms of that, I mean, is that uh, located in one area or are you guys hiring globally? 
we are having globally. So we operate in uh, the three continents, so US, uh, Europe, and in Latin. And we operate in 35 markets uh, across this, you know, uh, all these three continents. We have got 3,000 plus employees, and the 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 nationality of these people are 80 plus different different uh, uh, nationalities that we have got. So we are a truly global and truly diverse company. And what I will say, my personal belief is, you can get diversity. Getting diversity is easy, but what is more difficult is to get the inclusion, because you can hire the people, but if you're not doing the right thing to retain them and creating a culture then you're not doing a fair uh, fair job, right, you know, of hiring the people. So we do a lot of things in terms of, you know, uh, from that inclusion perspective in sum up, we have uh, flexible working arrangements for everybody. We have got, you know, learning and development time and budget for everybody. We have, um, we have got many ERGs, you know, we've got employee resource group, which are basically the voice of the different communities. As I said, you know, we have got lots of women, we have got 18% population from LGBTQ plus community. So we really want that we have the employee resource group who can actually celebrate and connect and become the voice of this community. So we're doing fantastic in from that perspective. We have an annual DNI survey because we are a you know a very much data driven company. So we want to make our DNI strategy based on you know on on numbers on data. So we have this uh, annual survey where we look at where are the areas where we need to improve, what are the challenges, and we give concrete in you know, a plan to improve those things. You know, for example, are women leaving more at the progressing stage at the junior level than? How do you retain more women in there? Are we losing, you know, more diverse candidates in different stages of the pipeline? How do you retain that, and how do you get better at that? Because only if we take care of your ground up, then only you can have, you know, whether you want to have more women in executive role or you can want to have more diverse communities, underprivileged communities, then you you need to, you know, bring it from bottom up to the to the top level. So, I mean, and right now, though, so obviously it's like some obviously seem to understand the challenges. What are the main challenges for women in tech right now? Is it is it they're not getting enough opportunity after university? Is it something that they're not studying computer science or like where where's the source of the problem for women? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. And I think, you know, um, it's a mix of many different things, I think. Uh, as you said, you know, there there are less women who are picking up STEM subjects in the school and in the university. As a result of that, we have got less women candidates. And because we have got less women candidates, um, it's quite difficult for us to, you know, uh, for companies to get more women employees. Because as, as I said before, previously, you know, it's not just that company will hire because you're a woman, you have to be really a good candidate in uh, and a good engineer for, for to be hired by the company. So there are many different things. And I think, you know, the other thing is, you know, um, as a woman, I think one of the other challenge we have got is our biological clock and professional clock most of the time collides because, you know, if a, if a woman wants to be a mother in their 30s, that's the same time that you are at the peak of your career, you want to get ahead, right? So that's another challenge that women faces uh, in, in the workplace. And I think most women probably lean towards that being the priority, I would imagine, right? Um, and as a result of that, you know, um, a lot of companies, you know, we, we lose women at that stage because, you know, if if the, you know if, if someone chooses that, okay, motherhood my, is my priority and for the right reasons, and the company is not giving you the benefits to, you know, have that kind of, that kind of benefits, the flexible working arrangements, it's quite difficult for, for, for you know, uh, for mothers to continue the work. As I said, my own life I've seen, 
you know, many times I've, I have had this feeling that I want to leave, give up the work because, you know, I'm to focus on my family and my kids. But thankfully, you know, I've been worked in companies where I was given the privilege uh, to work flexible work hours. Is it possible, you might kill me for this, but is it possible <laughs> that women just aren't as interested in STEM subjects as men are? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, it, it's about, you know, um, it's about, you know, creating that environment uh, in the schools and, you know, uh, creating role models and sharing stories. What are the success stories? And I think uh, it happens how you brought up kids from the, you know, when they're kids, you know, what kind of toys they're playing with, you know, <laughs> you know, it's a very cliche story, but, but you know, normally women are given, you know, girls are, you know, given to, you know, Barbie doll and all that to play with, where boys are given machines and you know games and all. So that's something that happens at from the from when they're very young, right? So it's you know, really important. It's really important to give us you know equal opportunities from the very beginning, and give the openings and the exposure. And then it's about choosing people whatever want to they want to choose in their career. So so my my niece Maya, hello Maya, um, she's five years old. She's got two older brothers, and they're like like proper like boys boys stereotypical boys and um like with regards to like the toys like that she's ha she has like, every opportunity to like play with their toys she just doesn't want to she just completely she just like gravitates towards girly girl stuff you know oh sorry I should I say stereotypical girly girl stuff she loves like ballet she loves frozen she loves you know she loves like the the barbie doll sort of stuff um I don't know, and I'm not an expert on it, but just based on like what I see, I kind of feel that boys like certain things, girls like certain things, but oh, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not an, an expert on it. Yeah. But I, I don't think we should stereotype uh, like that. I, I I strongly disagree to the to the stereotyping because I feel you know your niece, you know, she has a choice and she likes to play with Barbie dolls, but. As I said, when I was a girl, I didn't like to play with Barbie doll. I would have loved to play with a you know music system to see what was inside. And I will open up music systems when I was like you know very young and things like that. I have seen many of them like that. So I think it's about creating that opportunity for for everyone, giving give the equal opportunity to to boys and girls, and let them choose what they want to do in their life. Actually, I should say she does actually also play on a football team. So there you go. Okay, so, yeah, so yeah. there you see it. Um, so, and in terms of, so, so again, pulling it back to sum up, like um, improving and creating opportunities for women, like what's next? Like, what would you want to see like in the future companies that sum up do to really elevate uh, women and to help create, help people reach beyond their own individual potential, I guess? Yeah. So as I said, you know, we are already doing quite a lot of things in sum up in that regard. You know, as I said, you know, we, we really want to improve our gender balance in the executive roles. Currently, we are at 25 percent and we'd like to go up to 35, 30 percent and uh, at this year in this year. So we're actively working on building that pipeline of candidates so that, you know, we, we, we have more, you know, we have 50 50 balance of men and women in our candidates for executive roles so that we can have you know, a fair interview process and then we choose the best candidate, whoever is suitable for the role. Uh, and uh, as I said, we have this employee resource group, which are focused on women in tech and, you know, women in general, where we have circle in women circles, where we talk about the challenges women face and how can they get ahead and how can, how can the company be a support system in that? And it's, it's not just about women, it's about, you know, as I said, it's about 
uh, also LGBTQ plus community, which is 18% of our population. So we have focus groups around that as well. We have communities and ERGs focused on that. I, I strongly believe that we need to create a you know equitable world and that's what SumUp is trying to do. And of course, it's a journey we have started and it never stops. You have to constantly learn and constantly improve and you know, um, you know know get better than what you're doing right now. And putting back to engineering right now, um, you're obviously in a very competitive space, probably the most competitive space right now. What is SumUp doing in terms to stay ahead of the competition? So um, I think one of the good thing of SumUp is the tribes are completely autonomous, as I mentioned in the beginning. And so they have the freedom to do what they want to do. One thing that, of course, in the current days, uh, uh, generative AI and LLMs are a big thing. So we are also focusing on this. Um, I can talk about my tribe. Yeah. Uh, we have started you know, uh, exploring what we can do with generative AI. And I think, as I mentioned, you know, my team is already doing a lot of behavioral data and you know, machine learning work. But we are trying to go, you know, see what we can do with text data and uh, LLMs can provide. So we have already started some experiments around that. And we are working with the, you know, the cloud providers to see what options and what solutions we can have. So uh, I think you know artificial intelligence is is very interesting, and I think it's going to change the world for better reasons. I feel like for better. So um, we are we are actually very much you know interested in that and exploring uh, and exp experimenting around that. Go on. So I wouldn't mind like getting more of your thoughts. Actually, I mean, I assume you've probably played around with ChatGPT. Absolutely. Well, well. And again, you sound far more optimistic than a lot of people I speak to about AI. I think, again, myself, I, I have a fair more balanced view in terms of the fact that I think I think it's going to obviously decimate right the jobs market. But I also think there's an opportunity to create hundreds of millions of new jobs, um, but not necessarily technical jobs. Right? I think it will create more opportunities for like teachers, therapists, counselors, anything which which really involves like human interaction where you because humans do crave humans um like I mean, what are your overall thoughts on what ai will look like in like five or ten years from now i think it is very difficult to say right now what exactly how it is going to you know pan out but i think it is very interesting and i don't think it is about replacing jobs it is about creating efficiency and you know um, what we can you know and and I think you know productivity is always good to focus on right for any company to be successful you need to focus on productivity and I think the AI will help help us to be more productive more efficient and I I don't believe believe it's about you know reducing jobs but it's about you know creating more efficiency and creating more opportunities for for the you know business businesses yeah I mean are are there any like uh, potential risks that you foresee like with AI. I don't see that, you know, I, I think, you know, of course, you know, um, you have to be, you know, there, there are pros and cons and everything, right? So the same thing happens with AI, but, uh, uh, you know, in, in my tribe, we are building the solutions using AI for the last three years, you know, most of the solutions are based on machine learning and AI, but at the same time, we have, you know, manual rule-based solutions as well. So it's always a balance of both. And I think if you, if you can manage the balance, then it's, it's, you know, anything is good or bad if you do it in the right balance. Sure. I mean, I mean, I, I, I think that's probably some people's concern is the fact that actually like with AI, we don't know how to get the balance right. Um, and if it's something that is, a, that is able to become far superior to human intelligence, then, you know, 
how do we pull the brakes on it? Yeah, I think you know uh, we have to you know think of you know ethical ways of there are different ways that you can actually focus on. And I think ethics in AI is going to be a very important thing, and you know, uh, and we have to see how what is the best way to go ahead uh, in terms of that, you know, in an ethical way. And as I said, to maintain the balance. And I think it is still it is still in an experimentation stage, so we'll have to see how it comes out to be. And and with with uh, sum up. Uh, like I say, you're you're expanding across the world rapidly. Um, Three thousand employees, I think. You yes, said. yeah. Amazing. Um, like like, what's next for you guys? What what's the future look like for Summer? So I think the future is very positive, very good for Summer. I think you know, um, we are a very people positive company, and we one thing that we would like to be a preferred place of work where people can grow. And uh, I think as a business wise, we are doing really well. And we we would like to be the number one in the digital payments business. Well, it'll be good to have you guys uh, speak at more of our events, appear on more of our podcasts. Um, I know that our community would love to, um, you know, be, be more engaged with you guys. So, Samana, thank you very much uh, for your for your time today. I do thank you so much, Lawrence. Thanks for inviting me.